Well, greetings, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Extra Point Podcast. Today is Tuesday, July the 11th. My name is Todd Stiles. I'm one of the pastors at First Family Church. I want to welcome you back to this episode of the Extra Point Podcast. And like we do most every Tuesday, we bring some additional insight, extra observation, or further application to the text from which we preached last week. And last week here at First Family Church, we were in Philippians chapter 2, verses 25 to 30, the six verses that close out chapter 2 and provide for us the fourth and final example of selflessness, which is Epaphroditus. And I got a question last, um, I guess it would be Sunday afternoon, I got a question about one part of the text that I want to expand on more in this episode of the Extra Point Podcast. The question regards the phrase, welcome him in the Lord. It's how Paul instructed the Philippian church to receive Epaphroditus back. And I maintain that the phrase probably lends itself to understanding that they were to receive Epaphroditus uh, as they were to receive Christ. In other words, they were to see him as a servant of Christ and to welcome him back in, a, in, in the same way. Well, the question was this, how can that be done? Because um, I, the person was saying, I would never welcome a person the way I would welcome Christ. And it's a very good question and an, and an honest distinction. They were saying, if Christ were to visit, I would fall on my face and bow in worship, but I wouldn't do that if it was just a person. So it's an honest question, a very good distinction, a, a, a good observation. And so they were asking, how can that mean that? <clears throat> Perhaps it'd be good to go a little deeper with you here and just simply express that there are various uh, ways to see this phrase. I land on the one that I shared Sunday that I think Paul is um, encouraging them to see Epaphroditus in an honorable Way in a way that's escalated from just perhaps, um, you know, just another uh, common Joe who's not doing much, so to speak, because of his risk-taking service, because of his um, valuable contribution in taking this mission and this care and this gift to Paul, they were to see him and welcome him back, I believe, as if they were welcoming Christ. And the key word there is if. We all know he's not Christ. The Philippian church knew that, so they would not worship him. And we even said in our message at the end that this is not what we want to do. We don't want to worship any of these examples other than Christ's example. We want to worship Christ. But I do think that the sense of the phrase is that they're to welcome him back uh, as if uh, he were in Christ's stead or serving uh, Christ or, or giving his life for Christ or to hold him in honor in that way and not to regard him as just, um, um, can we say, just someone who's not really involved in something meaningful or, or um, eternal, but they're to honor him and welcome him back as if uh, they were welcoming Christ. They were to give him that type or um, that sincere of a welcome back, not a worship, uh, but a real genuine welcome. And so I think there is some balance in understanding what Paul is trying to communicate in this wording. Now, that's one way to see the wording. There are three other ways at least to see this wording. First of all, some say that they're to welcome him 
as Christ would welcome him. So there they kind of flip it. They would say instead of welcoming him as if he were Christ, so to speak, or in that same vein with that kind of honor, but not a worshipful type, they're saying welcome him as Christ would welcome him. Another interpretation is that they say just the phrase in the Lord simply means to welcome him as a brother, sister, uh, with you know genuine spiritual faith, family type of hospitality. Uh, in other words, welcome him in the spirit of Christian brotherhood. Another view even says that this is a reference to welcoming him to the Lord's table, and they're to have this kind of uh, spiritual communion hospitality where he is welcome to participate in the Lord's Supper with them. Let me simply read for you a couple of commentaries that lean towards the first two views. Here's the one that would view, uh, here's the one that would lean towards the view of saying they're to welcome him as Christ would welcome him. Um, this is from the Tyndale New Testament commentary series. Um, this uh, commentator simply says, uh, if in the Lord is to be taken with the verb, then it may mean as the Lord would receive him, and they uh, correlate Romans 15, 7 here as well. And so it's an honest uh, way to see that phrase. Another commentary, uh, which views it more the way I do it, and I think I, I land here, and again, both are legitimate. I think you can even maybe hold both in view, perhaps. But here's what he would say. Since Paul draws such close parallels between Epaphroditus and Christ, the honor given to such people as Epaphroditus is really honor given to Christ since such people reflect Christ. And so there, he's wording that even better than I did and saying that we're to see this person as a servant of Christ, reflecting Christ, and so we're to honor them and welcome them in that way uh, as a servant of and a reflection of Christ as we would Christ, so to speak. And so there's balance to be had with both of these. Just beware um, we have to land somewhere. I tend to land with the first few that Paul is encouraging them to see Epaphroditus as a servant and a reflection and a risk taker, much like Christ was in that sense, and to honor him in a similar fashion. But of course, there's balance and perspective in that. I would also bring to you, as we continue to think deeper about this phrase, the um, two phrases where that same, excuse me, the two verses where that same phrase is found. Romans 16 says they were to welcome Phoebe uh, in the Lord. This is to the church at Rome, and it does describe her service and her financial generosity. And so I think in light of her generosity, which was much like Christ's generosity, um, and her willingness and her uh, selflessness, they were also to see her as a servant and a reflection of Christ and to welcome her in that same way as they would Christ, so to speak. And then also, Ephesians 6, 1, when it says that children are to obey their parents in the Lord, I think this speaks of children seeing their parents as the Lord's authority in their life, and they are to obey their parents as they would obey the Lord. And so again, balance is needed. We know there's a different type of response from children to parents as there should be from children to the Lord. It's not the exact same thing, granted. But I think Paul there is saying, your parents are the Lord's authority in your life, and so obey them as if you're obeying the Lord. <clears throat> That's what he means when he says, obey them in the Lord. So for those reasons, I do still land on the first one, but I do want to just admit to you, perhaps at times we don't say it in the best ways, and perhaps 
if it intimated to you that, you know, we're asking you to worship a good example, we are in no way asking that. We did clearly say that at the end. But it is important to do what Paul said to those who return to us, partners who come back to our faith family from serving the Lord in many risk-taking and life-threatening situations. We are to welcome them as servants of Christ who have reflected his very lifestyle and we are to hold them in high honor and to esteem them as people of great value. That's our aim. So where where well, where you land on this phrase, um, I think all four of these have legitimacy. You have to land somewhere. I land with number one. But regardless of where we may land specifically, let's commit to this in unity that we will welcome back folks who have risked their life for the sake of the work of Christ.